everybody, and welcome to another episode of If You Don't Like That. We're going to go down memory lane and talk about the best football announcing duos of all time. But first, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. Locally owned for over 20 years, New Works has a fix for you. And remember, they're available 24-7. So if you happen to have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works will be there with their 24-7 service. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you. That is newworksplumbing.com. Again, N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. How about the NFL on NBC? Kurt Gowdy, Aldi Rogatis. How good were they? I thought we would spend some time today and reminisce after on yesterday's show on YouTube, I talked about Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. I don't think they gel very well, and Al Michaels is one of the great, great announcers of our generation. I mean, he's as good as they get, but I don't think he's that good on Thursday Night Football. Then Patrick from New York talked about the duo of Jack Buck and Hank Stram calling games, particularly on radio and Monday Night Football, and they were great. But you know what? When I think of the NFL on NBC, I think of Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis. I think of Dick Emberg and Merlin Olsen. But whenever you turned on NBC, for me, as a kid growing up in the 60s and 70s, and you saw Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis on your screen, you knew, without a doubt, that it was a big game. Magic weather in the magic city. 80 degrees in Miami, Florida today. Pretty good breeze blowing 10 to 15 miles an hour from the team defending the goal on the right. It'll be even hotter, though, down at the base of the Orange Bowl. And the roar in the background, the Miami Dolphins have just come on the field. Hi, everybody. I'm Kurt Gowdy with L.D. Rogata. Around Miami, they're calling this the real Super Bowl. Some experts claim that these are the two best teams in pro football, and the winner will be favored to go on and become pro football's king of the hill. Of course, the Minnesota Vikings, who are impressive today, must have a wry smile on their faces as they wait to see who they're going to play. Both teams have everything. They're potent in offense and defense. Miami earlier had an 18-game winning streak stopped by the Oakland Raiders. Today, Miami will be trying to stop an Oakland five-game winning streak. Miami's a six to eight point favorite. Part of those points must be weighted in favor of the home field advantage. The Dolphins have won 23 games in a row here in the Orange Bowl on the artificial surface. Al DeRogatis, let's take a look at some of the high spots that we'll be looking for today. Well, Kurt, Miami Dolphins can run, and we thought the fans might like to see why they run so well. They've got a great convoy. This man particularly, Larry Little, number 66, a great running guard. He's going to be awesome today. Watch him. Well, you talk about those voices of Kirk Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis. Again, if you saw them on your TV screen, you knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was a big game on NBC. Far side of the field, we continue to watch the battle between Willie Brown and Paul Warfield. It is now a one-on-one situation. Third, fairly long. Do you go after Willie Brown? It could be a mistake. Bubba Smith's moved in there now. Got it defensive left end. 
They want him to put on 15 pounds for next year. Don Nottingham's in now, and Jim Kick's in. Nottingham has replaced Larry Sonka. Morris and Sonka are out. This is the third and seven. Backs are out. Greasy runs up the middle. That, that was a conceived play. That was really a quarterback draw play. That was a conceived quarterback draw play. Exactly right, Kurt. Boy, I'll tell you, and they executed it perfectly. Kuchenberg came to his left. Look at Langer. What a block. That is beautiful. That is the quarterback draw. You know, the champion has it in the clutch, and right now they're playing like champions. They're threatening and they're coming. They had a special play. Nottingham goes out. Sonka's in now. You saw the cross blocking up front. Larry Little's out, and Irv Goody's gone in. First down, Miami on the Oakland 28. Larry Sonka goes for the 18-yard line. It's unstoppable today. Jack Tatum hitting. Sonka. Left arm seems to be bothering Mel. Yeah, Zonka alone. It's his left arm bothering him. It looked like he hit his toe a battering ram. Boy, has he been a fine. And what great runners have come out of Syracuse. And you know, they worried about him. When he uh, first came into pro football, he had severe headaches. And they had to devise special helmets. And they thought maybe he couldn't go on. But he's, he's yeah. given the headaches to the other boys now. How great is that? You know, and I'm not even letting you listen to a touchdown or anything else. That's just a play in the middle of the 1973 AFC Championship game, Kurt Gowdy and Aldi Rogatis. They were one of my favorites, and they were hard to beat when you came to watching football during that era. Another great duo, of course, the legendary Jack Buck and the Hall of Fame coach, Hank Stram. Meyer Byers is killing them, coming out of the backfield and catching the ball. Yeah, he runs a lot of option patterns on linebackers where he has a choice of going inside and outside and has really been very adept at doing that. Five-man front for Chicago is Cunningham on first down, back to throw again. He throws over the middle and it's caught inside the 15 and that's a big gain. And another catch by the tight end, Keith Jackson. The coverage by Ron Rivera, the linebacker, and it's tough to cover him. 11 yards, a first down. Well, the Bears are playing a lot of zone. I mentioned it, and they're playing a zone again this time. He gets a free release that time off the line of scrimmage, and he just anchors in the hole. The ball's thrown at the numbers, and he picks up another first down, and they're not getting a lot of pressure, I should add, to, on Cunningham. This is a sixth play of the drive coming up, and they're down to the Chicago 13 with a first down. Quick goes to the left. Tight end Jackson's on the right side. Carter also to the left. Cunningham to throw again. He looks and he's rushed and he's sacked. He gets away. He runs to the 15, but the whistle had sounded. And he was in the grasp of Sean Smith. And that's where that rule really hurts a quarterback such as Cunningham. Yeah, it's, it's a bad rule, Jack. I've said it many, many times. We're now recruiting people to play quarterback who are athletes, who have great escapability skill. And uh, now we're depriving them of the opportunity to take advantage of that ability. It used to be, you know, Johnny Unitas, all those great quarterbacks did not have great movement. They should have been the ones who had, the, should have had the protection, not the modern-day quarterback or the contemporary quarterback who has that running ability to make big plays. So Cunningham, who was sacked 57 times during the year, is caught for the first time today, and it's second and 20. 
Here back to throw is Cunningham. Has time. A flag is down. There's the pass to Byers. He's tackled at the 15. Now we'll check the flag. And we're going to have a holding call against Philadelphia. That'll make it second down and 30. The Chicago Bear defense came into this game with 43 sacks, 38 of which were, were made by the defensive line. They mark off 10 more yards. Still second down. The call against Dave Remington, the center, who used to wear the Bengals uniform. Bengals play Seattle later today. You'll hear that game at 345 Eastern Time on CBS Radio with Brad Shan and Randy Rasmussen, third and 30. Second and 30. Three penalties against the Eagles. Hampton hasn't been able to do much in there. It looks like he's handicapped a little bit with that bad knee. Cunningham gets under center and checks out the defense. Back to throw. Here's a draw play to Tony and tackled back at the 35-yard line by Mike Singletary. How great is the chemistry there? And again, I'm not giving you, you know, exciting touchdowns, 80-yard uh, runs. I'm giving you two broadcasters who work together to perfection. Jack Buck and Hank Stram, when they were on CBS radio, they were as good as there was. And there will never be another duo quite like those two. Incredible. I could listen to Jack Buck and Hank Stram. As a matter of fact, I used to love watching and listening to the radio whenever possible. They weren't always in sync, but I never minded when I had to listen to Jack Buck and Hank Stram. Uh, they were great. Of course, you know, when you talk about the era of great football duos, there was the trio on Monday Night Football. And I know a lot of people that listen to my podcast and the younger audience, you don't know much about Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell was a legend among legends in the broadcasting business. And when you had Howard Cosell on Monday Night Football with Frank Gifford and Dandy Don Meredith, it really didn't matter who was playing on Monday night because those were one of the, or that was one of the few instances I know in my life that I would watch a game just so I could hear the announcers. Those three were entertainment from the very start. This is Terry Bradshaw, quarterback. Pittsburgh still is good enough to have led the Steelers to two straight Super Bowl victories. He does it with much help from this man. 88, Lynn Swan, the extraordinary wide receiver. And from this man, number 20, Rocky Blyer, the running back and the blocking back. And how he likes to lead the way for this man, the great Franco Harris, the AFC's second leading active rush. But tonight, all four must cope with a tremendous defensive line led by this fellow, number 86, Cedric Hardman of the 49ers. And by number 53, the veteran Tommy Hart, who can come at you and at you. And by this man, the budding superstar, Cleveland Elam. Watch what Elam does to number 17, Jim Hart. The 49ers against the Steelers. Yes, Jimmy Hart wears number 17, and he took it from Cleveland Elam. But once there was another number 17, a spindly-legged quarterback, one of the best of his time. And he took more than his fair share of knocks. His name, Dandy Don Meredith. And Mr. Meredith, welcome back. Coach, it's good to be back, and I've missed you. 
I didn't know you cared. Yeah. Don Meredith, it's nice to have him back where he belongs. Third down four. Foreman, it'll be fourth down. Kavanaugh will let it run down for one final attempt. He'll let the seconds tick off to give Miami no opportunity whatsoever. Timeout is called. Three seconds remaining. John Smith is on the line. And I don't care what's on the line, Howard. You have got to say what we know in the booth. Yes, we have to say it. Remember, this is just a football game. No matter who wins or loses. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon, outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City, the most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles, shot twice in the back, rushed to Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. Hard to go back to the game after that news flash, which in duty found we had to take. Frank? Indeed it is. Three seconds remain. John Smith. Off the hands of Rose, the tight end. Alertly, Nat Moore got the touchdown. They blocked the field goal attempt of John Smith. Now they battle in overtime. Delvin Williams. Delvin Williams taken quickly there. It was number 85. Julius Adams. Train of a yard. It'll be third and seven. In case the folks missed the earlier news flash, ABC News has confirmed that John Lennon, a member of the famed Beatles, may be the best-known member, was shot twice in the back outside of his apartment building in the west side of New York tonight, rushed to the Roosevelt Hospital, dead on arrival. An unspeakable tragedy, details on Nightline, 30 minutes after the end of this contest. Boy, that was some night, December 8th, 1980, uh, Monday Night Football. But Frank Gifford, Dandy Don Meredith, Howard Cosell, you didn't miss Monday Night Football back in that era. And you didn't miss Pat Summerall and John Madden when they were together in the booth on CBS and then Fox. The Redskins and Cowboys play on Thanksgiving Day. We'll be there. Approachment, 78, defense. First down. Encroachment, heck. That's more encroachment when you, when you go that far. Yeah. When you're the big, big old big cat, you, you got all this stuff going. You go whap, 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 whap. That's more than encroachment. Big right cat. Here. Big cat went creeping. Yeah, he's in, he's in this way. When you end up way right back there, you got to have another word for it. Three wide receiver set up. Jairus McPhail, the ball carrier, gets up close to a first down. And he gets it. Who's this guy right here? Oh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Who's the lady next to him? Right here. Yes. And Margaret? Yes. Huh? How's that? <laughs> Didn't you coach Burt Reynolds? Yes, I did. At Florida State? Yes. Was he any good? He was a defensive back. <laughs> I know. Was he any good, I said. He probably yeah, was. He had a good personality. Ah, those guys can't play. He was a good personality. <laughs> That's McPhail. Have you ever seen a defensive back with a good personality was any good? Well, that's too many qualifications. <laughs> defensive backs usually don't have nice personalities. <laughs> and linebackers don't either. I mean, linebacker, you know, they're all half goofy. You know, they got their eyes, you know, staring and looking and crossed. And 
Now, the nice guys are like this guy here, Jason Garrett. He could be a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, third quarterback, wears a cap, went to Princeton. Should you know, be in politics. Has all those things going for him. These guys like this guy here, Charles Haley, nope. No. No, they're, they're in the other team. There's no, no mystery about that. Somebody jump, second down and about seven. Dallas 22, Miami 10, 32 seconds remaining in the third quarter. Johnny Greer's had a busy day. Ball start, 89, offense, still second down. Randall Hill, here's Charles Haley after a rest. Well, you know, even, even when there's a penalty, I mean, he only knows one way to play, and he plays with leverage. And you just see what he does is, is he gets his helmet and gets everything underneath his guy because the first thing you want to do is get your guy lifted up. Lined up at left defensive end. He's going against James Brown over there. Strange pass. McPhail just dropped it. See what our Charles Haley does. Well, you know, again, he's either going to use speed and just go around the guy or he's going to make a quick move to the inside. You see what he did there? See, he had Brown on the play before where he jacked him up, and then he wants Brown to get ready for that, and then he's going to hit him and take an inside move on him. Charles is like a boxer. Everything he does is to set up the next thing he's going to do. Yeah, he's very good with leverage also. Yeah, and, and, and when he's in there... This is one kind of defense, and when he's in there, not in there, it's not as good. I mean, it's not the same defense. Four wide receivers, Marino out of the shotgun. Fires. Flag on the play. I think the pass might have been intercepted. That's what the Cowboys are indicating, and so is the official, but a flag on the play. There was Fred Barnett. And Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. He's right there. They both went diving for it. Dan Marino, he's there arguing that he had that thing zipped in there. We're going for the ball. There's no infraction. First down, Dallas. No. Both players going for the ball. No infraction. Well, here's both players there. What I think they're saying is that Kevin Smith didn't foul. There's no penalty on the play. You know, that they both went for the ball, and then when they came up with it, they say down there that Kevin Smith has it. I don't know how you know from that. I don't know I don't know what official would know that Kevin Smith has that ball right now. Looks like he got it first. I don't know. Does Ty Base go to the defense? I don't think so. But I think he had it first. I don't know, but Marino was out there arguing. He had a pretty good view of it. Aikman gets to Emmett Smith. Dallas at the Miami 30-yard line. And that's the end of the third quarter. No disrespect, but when you look at the number one teams right now calling football, we start with Jim Nance and Tony Romo on CBS and Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson on Fox. They are light years behind what we just listened to, in my opinion. And I started watching the NFL in the early 60s, and there have been some great duos, and I haven't been able to play them all. Dick Emberg and Merlin Olsen, as I told you, they were tremendous. Pat Summerall, when he worked with Tom Brookshire, tremendous. You know, Vince Scully did a lot of games. He was tremendous, and I can go on and on. But again, when you just listen to the Kurt Gowdy's of the world, with the Monday Night Football crew, with Summerall and Madden, I mean, 
you know, I'm sorry. All right? There's been a big drop-off, in my opinion, when it comes to network announcing. Hope you enjoyed that. I could listen to those clips all day long. It's now time for our CrowdUltra Q&A. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. All right, why don't we start with Kyle? Was this a good time to fire Josh McDaniels? Probably the team seemed lost. So if you're going to fire him, yes, I would think that that now with the Giants and the Jets coming up on back-to-back games, yes, it was a good time. Steve asked, will Chase Young be a difference maker in turning around the 49ers season? I don't know as far as turning around the 49ers season, but if he's healthy, Steven, he makes a difference on the defensive side of the ball. And I'm not really sure how you go about game planning for him and Nick Bosa. That's going to be very interesting to see. But if he's healthy, that's a big-time get, and the Niners really didn't have to give up anything to get him. Derek wants to know, will Harden make the Clippers better or worse? In my opinion, worse. I mean, why would I put any stock and faith in Harden when I've looked at his last three stops? Houston at the end, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia. Willie wants to know, what's your take on Bobby Knight's coaching career? He had a great career, Willie. You know, very controversial. A lot of people didn't like him. Uh, but you can't really argue with the results. And here's what I always listen to. I always listen to the players that played for him, and I personally know several of them, and they swear by the man and rave about what it was like playing at Indiana for Bobby Knight. So the Keith Smarts of the world, the Quinn Buckners of the world, and Randy Whitman, all guys that I know that played for Bobby Knight, they all raved about him. So I'll leave it in their hands as opposed to mine. Justin wants to know, why do you think the Titans owner did not pull the trigger on trading Henry? I don't know, Justin. Uh, he To the Ravens, you mean. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Tyler asks, who wins the Chiefs-Dolphins game in Germany? I'm going with Kansas City, Tyler, but I think that should be an absolute dandy early Sunday morning. Russell wants to know, should neck guards become a requirement at all levels of hockey like soccer shin guards? Great question, Russell, due to the tragedy that we saw a couple of days ago with the skate blade uh, killing uh, an individual. I'm going to say no because it was just one of those absolute freak accidents, but I understand where you're coming from, Russell. Uh, It's a very, very good question. Ryan wants to know, what record do the Vikings finish the season with and do they make the playoffs? I'm going to say no, they don't make the playoffs, and they finish with seven wins. Martin wants to know, what type of season do you think Zion has with the Pelicans? Martin, if he stays healthy, and again, that's a big if. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to have a very good season. Just go to CrowdUltra.com. Maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. It's time for Grant, Grant, Grant. Today's rant brought to you by Bennett's Westside Grill. Their newest restaurant is open at the Blue Oaks Town Center in Rockland. Another old location, Sacramento, Fair Oaks and Howe, Eureka, and Lead Hill in Roseville. Just go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com. Make a reservation, check out the menu and more. That's Bennett'sRestaurants.com. So after the Warriors beat the Kings by a point the other night, to go to 4-1, and one, Draymond Green talked about this year's team compared to last year. Quote, last year, we had an awful team as far as chemistry goes. It was hard to come to work. Not fun. So this year, you see the joy on guys' faces when they come into the building. And he went on and went on and went on. Did the chemistry not to deteriorate? Did it begin to deteriorate when he 
punched and sucker punched his teammate, Jordan Poole. Now I'm not within the walls of the Warriors organization, but it seems to me that when a player goes up to another player and sucker punches them in the face, that's not going to be good for team chemistry. There is very little that Draymond Green says that I pay attention to. What I do pay attention to are the Warriors off to a very good start. They're very good. And if they stay healthy, they are going to be a tough team to contend with. That's what I pay attention to. Not anything coming out of Draymond Green's mouth. And that is my rant for today. That's my podcast for today. I hope you have a fabulous weekend. It's always great having you here on If You Don't Like That. And remember, pregame, halftime, postgame for the Kings and the Rockets, the first of two in Houston. So long, everybody. 